had something exciting happen the other day, and I wanted to share it with you all. And we were in Portland, and my dad was speaking at a church there. Shout out to Horizon Community. And it was a great time. I'd actually never been to Oregon before, so it was awesome to be there and go to Portland. And of course, everyone has their own view of certain cities, and Portland has a rap that uh, people from across the country share about it. But I actually found it very beautiful. I enjoyed my time there. The mountains, the hills, the city itself, the food scene, it was all great. So shout out to Portland was beat my expectations uh, for a city. And uh, for those who have been there before or those who want to go, there's a bookstore and it's called Powell's and it's in the center of the city and it's the largest independent bookstore in America. It might even be the world, but I know it's for sure America. And so we went there after church and we're looking around and there's a bunch of different buildings that are that are kind of smashed together. And so it's, it's very eclectic. There's books everywhere, obviously. But what I found interesting is people were actually buying books. It wasn't just a tourist destination. People were buying books, which was awesome. And I actually ended up getting one and that's what the story is about, but we'll get to that later. But we were walking around and I saw a sign and it said on the top floor, there was a room called the Rare Book Room. And of course, for someone as curious as me, I wanted to check it out. And so I went upstairs to the Rare Book Room and you need a lanyard and they only allow like 14 people in at a time. And obviously you're probably asking, well, what makes a book rare? It was the question I was asking as well. And there's a little card on the way in that describes what a rare book means. And what it means is it's a book that's uh, out of circulation or has been out of circulation for a long time. There's very few copies made, or you know, it's, it would be really hard to just purchase it. So you can't just go to eBay or go, you know, online to marketplace and find this book everywhere. It's it's something that would be really difficult to find. And so naturally, I asked if they had any Bibles, and they didn't. They had a very small uh, theology section. I mean, it is in Portland after all. But uh, so I went there, and I was looking, and I saw this book, and and it stuck out to me. I'd never heard of it or didn't hear of the author. And it's uh, this book I'm holding, obviously I bought it, but Days of Blessing in Inland China. And so I Googled it because I was trying to figure out if this was a book that I wanted. And it said it was by Montague Beauchamp and published in the year 1887. Now, first of all, owning a book published in 1887 in general to me is pretty cool. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is like 140-ish years old. It's amazing. And it's even intact, you know, it's a little worn, but for being 140, not too bad. But the the words on the pages are perfectly easy to read. And uh, I just found it really incredible. And so uh, online, it was all wrapped up in plastic. And online, it said that the introduction was written by Hudson Taylor. And if you're not familiar with Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor is one of the most famous missionaries in the world, went to China, built a amazing ministry in China, and really devoted his life. He had many uh, personal attacks uh, from losing spouses and and just he had a lot of lot of hardship that he walked through, but he pushed through. And so really for those who love missions, he's a hero in a lot of ways. And so it said an introduction by Hudson Taylor. So I thought, okay, if there's actually an introduction by Hudson Taylor in this book, I think I need to get it. And so I went up to the counter and I asked if we could open it up and see if the introduction uh, is there from Hudson Taylor. And sure enough, we opened it up. And it was. And so I said, all right, I'll buy it. It was $100, which most I think I've ever bought on, from a book that wasn't a, a college textbook. But I said, maybe I'll never have this chance again. So I bought it. I opened it up. See Introduction by Hudson Taylor. And I was really, really excited. And so I read the introduction. And it was the most pedestrian 
introduction I've ever read. It was very, this is what we did. We went here to there and here to there. And I was hoping it would be some sort of forward for a book that was a, an encouragement, a, a word of, of prayer or a word of, of faith that we could, you know, share with all these people. And it was just this very simple, here's what we did. And then in, you know, November we went here and there. I was like, wow, that was really disappointing. And, uh, hopefully you don't, uh, go off of this episode, uh, right now, because I said it was so disappointing. There's more to come. But I went to the next page and it said, oh, there's a, the first chapter is written by him. I'm really excited. And I read it and it was more of the same. So I was really disappointed that I spent $100 and all right, it's going to sit on my shelf. But then I finally got to the next page and uh, the, the, the last part of Hudson Taylor's introduction shared this. And my eyes were opened, realizing how actually significant this book was. And I'll read it for you here. It says, this is a series of special meetings that were commenced on the Monday and from notes taken by Mr. Stanley P. Smith and Mr. Lewis, the following account has been compiled by Mr. Montague Beauchamp, the friends present, desiring to have permanent record of this meeting. Mr. Or Ewing kindly offered to bear the expense of this publication. Thank you, Mr. Ewing. And to present a copy to any missionary desiring it. Others have expressed the desire to have copies of the fuller report also. This edition is prepared to meet their wishes and for more general circulation. So after I read that, I started to realize maybe this is more than I thought it was. And so I went to the next page. And what I realized is Montague Beauchamp was one of the Cambridge Seven. If you're not familiar with the Cambridge Seven, there were seven missionaries that moved from Cambridge, six of them graduates or, or studied the University of Cambridge and went to be missionaries in China. Montague Beauchamp and uh, there was C.T. Studd who gave up a, a multi-million dollar inheritance to go to China. So these are some pretty amazing people that went out. And so they compiled this list and it's actually a list of prayer meetings, conferences, testimonies from all of the ministry that they were doing as a part of their ministry in China. So what I thought was actually a very pedestrian beginning was scratching the surface to what would be an incredible, incredible book that I've now read. And uh, I want to share a few of the amazing testimonies and stories from Hudson Taylor from the 1800s, as well as a testimony of one of the Chinese converts in the 1800s, which is just amazing to look back on again, 140 years later to see these stories, to have the physical book. And so I want to share some of this. And I, I figured I was blown away by it. I've cried several times reading it. Who knows even in recording this, if I'm going to cry, just do the, just the power of God's ministry happening throughout the centuries. And so I want to share this first. It's from the second page of the beginning of the, the um, recollection of these meetings. And it's really a, a teaching of sorts by Hudson Taylor. And then we'll continue on with a few more stories. So th again, this is Hudson Taylor sharing with all the missionaries in China. Then let us wait on God, remembering who it is at the helm, and that all things are working together for the good that them who love God. If we are right, nothing and no one can harm us. It was all wrong as regards to Judas betraying his master. It was all right as regards to Jesus being betrayed. The cup, not which Judas has given me, or the priest, but the Father hath given me, shall I not drink? Only upon God. Let us get into the right attitude. We must not look to this brother and that. We are so glad to hear them, but only upon God we must wait. Again, we must wait, not in uncertainty, 
God is a refuge for us. We must also look at Shanxi, which I believe was the region or the people that they were ministering to. We must look at Shanxi in the face. Suppose the number of missionaries multiplied tenfold. How few should we feed? How few should we be? But praise God. It is not a question of the supply at all, but of the supplier. What shall we do with these 5,000? With only five barley loaves and two small fish? Make them rec recline, rest, not in the presence of the apostles, but of Jesus. And I love that line so much when he said, it's not a question of the supply at all, but of the supplier. And in China to be, hey, if, if we increased our missionaries by tenfold, it would still be a drop in the bucket. It would still be so insignificant to the sheer mass of peoples that were there. But we're not worried about the supply, the number of churches, the number of, of people in our community that are believers. You know, no matter what country you're in, we're not worried about the supply. We're worried about the supplier and we're focused on him and uh, praise God that that is an opportunity that we get to have. And uh, I, I was reading a little bit further and uh, Hudson Taylor shares the one of the last or if not the last conversation that he had with his first wife. And I'd love to read it for us here. He said, I was watching at the bedside of my sick wife at four o'clock in the morning, the day dawned and clearly did I see the stamp of death upon her countenance. She awoke rejoicing in the Lord and gave me a sweet smile. I said, my darling, do you know that you are dying? She said with a look of surprise, can it be so? I feel no pain, only very weary. Yes, I replied, you are dying. You will soon be with Jesus. My precious wife thought of me being left alone at this time of trial, having no companion like herself with whom I had, I had been wont to bring every difficulty to the throne of grace. She said, I'm so sorry, dear, and paused as if half correcting herself for venturing to feel sorry. I said, you're not sorry to go be with Jesus, dear. I shall never forget the look she gave me. As if looking right into my eyes, she said, oh no, it's not that. You know, you know, darling, that there has not been a cloud between my soul and my savior for 10 years past, which pausing right there, how amazing that to have a relationship with God, to say there's not been a cloud, there's not been a gap, there's not been a distance between me and my savior for the last 10 years. I cannot be sorry to go to him, but I'm so sorry to leave you alone at this time. Perhaps I ought not be sorry, for he will be with you and supply all your need. Now added Mr. Taylor, if anyone, does, if anyone does know the husband, it's the wife. And if anyone does know the wife, it's the husband. I knew that what she said was perfectly true. In the Yangchow riot, when she and the little children were in danger of being massacred at any moment, she was as calm as when in the parlor in London, and I'm quite certain if she could have altered any of the circumstances in Yangchow, she would have not done it, for she was satisfied that God's ordering was the wisest. Perhaps this testimony of the power of the Lord to create perfect peace in the heart and to sustain it unbroken for years is more reliable because given of the one who's no longer with us. And not often do you get to read a story about somebody's last moments and last breaths, but I really couldn't think of a better story of hearing um, from Hudson Taylor's first wife and uh, just the the message of perfect peace. And again, I'm, I, I just wanted to share this with you all because I felt it was so powerful and there's so many resources here. And I have one more uh, passage to share that's actually a testimony from one of the Chinese converts. But I actually found out that you can get this in an ebook form. So the as I mentioned, the book itself is very hard to find. I saw one online available for like $250. But um, it's it's something that you can get very easily with the ebook. And so if you want to get an ebook, you can do it. I'm going to keep my physical copy. 
But the last story I'll read, um, which is mind-boggling, but there's so many testimonies of Chinese believers. There was another story of them baptizing dozens of people. There was a conference that they did, which again is crazy. Think 140 years ago, they were doing conferences with ministers and with people, and they were setting up opioid recovery clinics all around, just doing amazing ministry. And even at the back of this book, there's a list of the the hundreds of missionaries that they uh that, that were a part of the China Inland Mission. And so maybe we'll get to that in a moment. But the last uh, passage, the last story here uh, from this uh, is from uh, a, a guy named Mr. C. And and I may uh, pronounce uh, some things, or I'm, I'm sorry, it, Mr. Fan, that one's a little bit easier. Um, and so there, there's a couple names in here that I probably won't pronounce. So give me some grace here. But uh, Mr. Fan, he says, I'm well known to you all. My home is in a village close to Young Tung. When 11 years old, I entered a secret society. For I heard that if you belonged to that society, you could escape calamity. Well, in this society, I burned ever so much incense and piled up ever so much merit but notwithstanding suffered ever so much calamity. I left the society. Years after, a friend of mine in, a friend of mine in Hung Tung bought a book of a foreigner. Its title was The Three Needs. He showed it to me and told me a little of what it said. I was interested and determined to go to Pingyang to see the foreign teachers. I there saw Mr. Turner and Mr. Drake. Mr. Turner hold, told me of the hope of eternal life, adding, If you want to obtain this, you must awake to the sense of your danger, for your sins are upon you, and you must trust Jesus to be forgiven. After, afterwards, Mr. Chang took me to Mr. C's village where I saw Mr. C. It was there I received the Holy Spirit. I then knew that idols were false, that Jesus could save, and that the Heavenly Father was the true God. While there, Mr. C wrote out a prayer for me, as I could not read, I... As I could not read, I could not first use it, but I stayed at Mr. C's house until I was able to read and repeat it and then returned home able to pray to God. While at Mr. C's, he had told me to go to Pingyang to get a New Testament. I accordingly went and got one. On returning to my home, I found that my little child of six years old while playing in the yard had been carried off by wolves and eaten. Crazy, crazy. It was a time of deep trial, but I then greatly obtained God's grace and the Holy Spirit influencing my heart caused me to know that the heavenly father caused me to know the heavenly father better. After this, the people of the village wanted me to worship idols, but I would not. I knew that it was breaking God's laws. The people said, if you do not, we shall meet calamity. We shall get no water. And if so, we will pull down your house. Through God's grace, the river water was more than ever. And my faith in God increased. This, this being so, they could not carry out their threats and from that, I never offered idols. Since the devil has counted me as his enemy, wow, what a line. Since the devil has counted me as his enemy, I lost two horses and a donkey. Again, a wolf took away another one of my children, five years old. My farm had scarcely any crop year by year. He tried to harm me. This year, I lost only one little son to smallpox. And my nephew's son of seven years old was also carried off by the same illness in my house, really showing us, I mean, at that time, 140 years ago, death was was far more common, especially for children. And again, hearing the trial, it's, it's crazy. However, uh, going back to this, however, I'm deeply grateful and thankful for God's grace. He constantly gives me opportunities of hearing his teaching. Let the devil hurt if he will. I know Jesus can save me. My whole family is with one heart and mind serving God. That is my great joy. And I couldn't 
I, I, I couldn't not share this with you all. And I just found that the, the story and the power of this, of reading from a 140-year-old testimony of a Chinese believer who had never heard, who was a part of a secret society burning incense. There's other stories about famines and people who've lost family members and who'd been beaten and attacked and all sorts of things. But if God can do something there, he can do something anywhere. And so obviously as a network, I wanted to encourage us and just remind us all that there are people's lives who need to be changed. There are people who need to hear the hope of Jesus who maybe never heard it before. That's why we care so much about missions. That's why you care so much about your church, about your community, about your organization that you work with. And, you know, just seeing the names of people at the back of this book, the the hundreds of people that they uh, that were sent out to be missionaries, I just couldn't think of a better way for us to be challenged by these stories and to say, what is God speaking to you? Who are the people that you need to minister to? Who are the people you need to share with? Who, what are the places you need to go that are hard? And I feel like I've been on a, a rhythm of faith right now, a rhythm of encouragement, but I, I just feel it so strong that so many times as, as ministers and as pastors and as church leaders and as deacons and elders, we're discouraged. But God, we're focused on the supplier. We're focused on the one who meets our needs. And we're focused on the one who can change the story of people who are addicted to opium, of people who are addicted to drugs, or people who are strung out, people are, who don't know Jesus. We can have relationship uh, with them and we can bring them to have relationship with the Father. And so really, I wanted to share this book with you all. Again, you can get the ebook. It's available online, Days of Blessings in Inland China. But there's so much more in this. I wish I had the time to read the entire book to you, uh, but hopefully you get it and uh, can read and just be encouraged by all the different stories of the missionaries. So much more from Hudson Taylor and uh, really dozens more testimonies from people. There's also art, really cool uh paintings and and or sketches from some of the different missionaries that were there and so i hope this was an encouragement i know it was a little bit of a different uh episode talking through but i i thought it was too cool not to share about the book i found in the rare book room and wanted you to get something out of it but we'll be back next week with another more normal episode but wanted to interrupt and share this. Hope you got something out of it. We appreciate it. If you need anything from us, we are just cheering you on in your success in your church and let's keep having a great 2023.